0: Welcome to the Speak the Language Podcast. This is probably going to be... Why?
1: Can you hit I in there? Welcome to Speak the Language Podcast. I'm going to try it again. Okay. Okay.
0: Welcome to the Speak the Language Podcast. This is probably going to be one of the shorter ones that we do, strictly because
1: we had a uh, good cold front come through. You've never been out of stuff to say, so why is this one going to be short?
0: Well, because we have to, <laughs> if you let me get to the point, I should have never opened a door with you on letting me, as soon as you figured out, you could start cracking jokes on this thing.
1: I know, I didn't know, hey, it's fun though, you gotta laugh.
0: No, but uh, the reason being is, we had a good cold front come through, and I mean, it's cool right now, and just from the activity we've seen, um, me and you hunted together this morning, and previous two days I was hunting with Will, me and Will heard chasing, heard bucks grunting.
1: Well, this morning, we had a slow run this morning, you and I did, but, but Troy and yeah, Troy Jordan, Jordan, they right. had a good hunt. Troy missed one with his bow and called up several.
0: Yeah, they were calling in deer left and right and just seeing. And
1: today is what, the 7th? 7th. Seven. December 7th, seven. yeah. So
0: um, kind of what I wanted to get to. Well, before we get into the, the actual subject, uh, we always ask people to send in success stories or send in questions, and we had two, um, two very – I guess specific questions sent in that I wanted to go over first. And the first one's kind of an interesting one that I wanted to address because I know that we it's something that we can relate to because we see it here. Um, A guy named Dennis, uh, he hunts in Alabama. Uh, He said that him and his buddies where they hunt, they always have a debate on when it comes duck season. And when you're still deer hunting at the same time, they always debate on whether or not duck hunting in your deer woods, what kind of effect that has on the deer, whether it affects your deer hunting in a negative way whether whether it affects it at all, um, and that he was that 's what the, he just he was trying to say we wanted us to get our opinions on it to settle a debate whether he thought it would affect it or not
1: you know i my opinion on that it depends on just like that my place on the river Togo is you know here at Cottonmouth, our duck ponds are in close proximity to where we deer hunt, but they 're not right on top. We have one that 's right. pretty much right on top. Um, and there's shotguns going off all around here, you know, on both sides of the levee. Yeah, we this is a this big m- duck hunting place. Yeah, so. we heard
0: it this morning. Just, yeah. just toom,
1: toom, toom. But I think if you have a if you're hunting in the on Will's old place, Rivers Run, before we sold it, we had a green tree area which is flooded green timber, and it was in the heart of the place, and we would go in there and duck hunt and. I, You know, I think it affects it probably right around just from the fact that when you drive your, your your Polaris or your rangers in there, your trucks or whatever, and then you got dogs and you're blowing whistles and you're hollering and you're laughing. So I, it probably does affect it in the general area where you're hunting. But as right. far as I don't know how big their property is, um, does it blow the deer off the place? I don't think so. No. I really don't. Well, I
0: always think about, I think it was, uh, I know it was my first year here. Um, we were duck hunting and we had uh three bucks chase a doe like right through the duck hole yeah right in the middle and, of the morning
1: I, after we done shot half of limits and yeah right so i,
0: I don't think like i said i don't think a deer is going to hang out like right there you know if he's bedding somewhere like super nearby he's probably he might not bed there but i don't i don't think it like you said i don't think it's enough to just get them to pack up and leave i know? wouldn't
1: go hunt you know a food plot or a, a stand if i had it if it was you know 100 200 yards from where the duck hunt was going on and all right. the noise and the and the people and the dogs, but, um, it, you know, if it's a small piece of property, I'm sure it could have some negative effects with, with the extra pressure. Right. But if it's a bigger piece of property, I don't, you know, it's going to, the deer are just going to move to where they're safe and secure. They're not going to.
0: Right. And, you know, like in our situation too, it's not like, you know, because we have duck holes that are, you know, near where we deer hunt at, but it, we're not going to drive through all our deer stuff to get there. You That's know, right. we have a more direct route to where, you know, we're not going to really, you know, deer. If a deer wants to run somewhere to be more secure, they can run there. We're not going to be in there yeah. or have driven through there. That's kind of my take on it.
1: And and I've watched, I've watched deer in food plots with with here and in other places too. When people are duck hunting, or in walking through the woods, and they kind of once they get used to that, they just like a yeah. house, just like a barn, just like a shop. You know, deer expect to hear noises in certain places, mm. and those kind of places it doesn't bother them because they know that's yeah that's where people
0: are it's interesting you just say that because now that made me think of uh when i was in college we did a lot of duck hunting on public land and some of the wma's like draw hunts and stuff you would see deer walking around there not paying any attention to it because just because they were so used to it because it was kind of i think they did it where it was you know maybe like thursday friday saturday they had duck hunters there and if you were duck hunting i mean it was it was nothing there would be couple times out there, you'd see a buck just kind of walking around out there on one of the pond levees just you know not paying anyone any attention because just because he was so used to all that duck hunting
1: and look i've duck hunted places and, and looking for ducks you know that might have sailed a little ways and failed and jumped deer two or three hundred yards from where we're shooting yeah. calling talking and, you know they just they just lay there right and um but but it, it probably i would say it, it wouldn't scare me to duck hunt my place um because I, it's just going to change the deer up for a few days. That may, maybe at first, and then by the end of season, I bet you you'll see very little change in your 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 deer at right, that
0: point. Right, gotcha. So the next question before we we get on to the you know the meat of the podcast today is uh, I'm just going to read because this one this one's pretty specific. So I'm going to read it like it was sent. Uh, this guy he hunts along the Pearl River. And he said last year I hunted three consecutive afternoons and saw over 50 deer during the rut. Out of all the 50 uh, different deer I saw, they were all does, and uh, just a couple weeks ago, two afternoons, I saw a combined t- total of 32 deer, and they were all does. Said so he's hunting 1,000 acres, and he's trying to figure out what his problem is. I know what my take would be on that. He's seeing all does and no bucks.
1: Well, you know, if, I don't know what part of the Pearl River he's hunting, um, but the times he's talking about, we've had full moon, and right. it's been hot, and, I guarantee you if he waits and goes back to that same spot in three or four weeks from now, he's going to see a lot more, you know, he's going to see bucks, right. mix. And, and that to me, that's a lot of does, too. He, yeah. I mean, we shoot 300 does on our place every year. Yeah. That, that's
0: what, you know, what I was thinking. Because he did say one time last year he hunted during a rut and saw the same deal, just a lot of does. Yeah. So I would say, you know, check into your doe quota there. I don't, I don't know if he's on DMAP or not. And
1: I know along the River they have a lot of. Of course, they have some really nice hardwood places. But I bet if he's seeing that many deer in a confined area, he's probably hunting some pine plantation, probably young pines that are thick. And you know, the first five to seven years, those pine plantations hold so many deer. Yeah, they can hold a ton. I mean, a ton. But that's not going to last long as they start maturing and canning
0: out. So yeah, that would be interesting. So to get into uh, the meat of today, I wanted to talk to you specifically about uh last week because last week was pretty there were some ups and downs last week from from the very, <laughs> very beginning Well, it ended it started kind of on a down but it ended up on a ended on a up oh yeah, we had a great know. week last week yeah. um so that first you know where i'm going with this that yeah, first yeah. afternoon in, in africa if y'all have watched any of the cottonmouth shows um y'all probably heard us talk about africa or the africa food plot and it's just a lot of a lot of properties along river bottom land have this they're just big sand fields and when it look what it looks like, and the reason we call it Africa, I mean, it looks like the African plains out there.
1: Yep, nothing growing out there but locust trees and a few hackberry and a lot of grass because the, the, it's just sand. And it's too hot, nothing right. else can grow.
0: So this food plot we have out there, and it it does not look as good as some of our other food plots, but that's just because how sandy the soil is. But it's still that is you know a huge food the source. deer love
1: it out there in december and january yeah. there's a lot of green out there and it's dewberry in places and it's it's, it's some real thick it's some, actually some cane out there in places yeah. and deer for whatever reason when it comes rut time the deer love that part of cottonmouth
0: yeah and um, that food plot is just such a hot ticket because it's such such a good food source out there where there is not that good of you know not that much food source mm-hmm. out there so uh First, that was the first afternoon hunt of that week, and we go out there, and uh, well, you kind of—I mean, you saw well right off
1: the bat. We're sitting there, and um, we have we have a spike come out. We have a few yearlings, and we have a spike like ten yards from the from the double bull blind right in front of us. Yeah, we're sitting there, and all of a sudden I look over there and like dang! And I put my binoculars up, and I just saw a, a big rat. Yeah And I couldn't tell the body I said "Ooh, I'll shoot that one If he's old enough I mean that was my first thought Because he was a nice deer Yeah And he came out And sure enough No question in my mind That he was a five year old buck or, yeah. or Or older At least five Yeah Well He gets out there And then you're filming And we're trying to let him Come around There with some little Small trees right there Trying to let him Come around those Following that spike mm-hmm. Come out in the plot To get a good shot Well About that time Your camera Started flashing And shut off Yeah is that right? Did it, it flashing it, or had an error come up or something?
0: Had a as long as I've been doing this, which uh, I've never seen, I've never had a camera do that ever. I've had a battery get cold on really cold days and shut down. I've had, you, you know, other stuff happen, but I've never had the camera just shut off like that. Nothing that was not fixable. You know, the battery yeah. shut down, you can switch batteries real quick or, you know. You, you did can, that. You took the battery off, yeah, put it I, back I was, on, was, tried to I reset was, it. I was trying to do everything, but I've, I've never got in a camera malfunction bind that i couldn't fix fix, you know somehow or another but that was that i couldn't do anything so this
1: deer is at 163 yards and lake says my camera's messed up my camera's messed up so i just we sat there and you kept trying to fool with it and finally he just worked his way on off we had to let him go
0: i was (laughs) frantic like it's if you if you watch the gopro angle on that deal i look i mean I don't know what I, I mean. I I saw it, it just a frantic look in my eyes. I I don't know how many extra batteries. I changed every battery out. I was switching cards. I was flipping switches. I was trying, and it just would not do it. The it, it would automatically shut off record. And then all my screen would read was error with a bunch of numbers behind it. it just you know, and that's, do that's
1: the thing. People, a lot of people that you know don't they don't understand with videoing is you got to be committed. If you're going to go out there and make a TV show, I mean, I'll let a 200 inch deer do the same thing. That I let that deer yeah. do because you got to be committed to the. I mean, if the camera can't get it for the for the episode or for the TV series, then it's just a. If uh, you're just shooting a deer and it goes against my limit, yeah. I'm um, Not don't get me wrong. I would have been very appreciative to shoot him on or off camera, right? Yeah. But um. But you know, when you commit to something, you got to commit to it. It's yeah. Like anything in life, you gotta you gotta go. Just stay true to it.
0: Yeah. And there have been. I mean, I agree hundred percent. There have been. You know, instances. You know, someone brought it up today. They're like, "Oh man, you have to kill the deer on camera." This, that, and the other. Well, I don't. I think that's the wrong attitude to look at it with. You yeah. know, it, you gotta. In my mind, you know, it's not. You know, we have a farm like Cottonmouth, and it's. You know, it, it, we're not in a spot where you you have to have three days to get get it done. You know, we're we're here year round, and it's just you don't have to force it.
1: Well, I know? think people are used to. You know, we make shows, and a lot of times they think, "Man, they see all kind of deer." And we do have a lot of deer at Cottonmouth, all up and down the Mississippi River has a lot of deer. Right, not just us. I mean, it's it's what that's what it's known a common, for. Yeah. yeah, And so, probably it appears that we have those kind of chances and those kind of encounters with mature bucks every day. I and mean, that's not the case. No, that is the biggest deer I had seen at Cottonmouth in two years. Um, I'd only shot one bigger ever since we we've been here. And, and that was, I think, the second year, maybe the first or second year. But second anyway, year. so that being said, as many days as we spend here, that's the second biggest deer I've seen on yeah. the hoof in four years. Yeah. So it's not like, you know, we have that every day. Mm-hmm. We see that every day. We yeah. didn't know if we'd ever see him again. had no idea. Didn't yeah. have any pictures of him. Didn't know him. Yeah. And um, we, we actually, we walked out of there that, that evening. and We left early before the field filled up. So went, we didn't spook anything yeah,
0: because there was no fixing that camera. We said, "This might as well pull out of here."
1: Yeah, and you were you felt bad because oh, I felt you know, but I
0: hey, felt man. defeated. I was like, "Man, it's man. all right." you know but yeah,
1: it, because, but as it turned out, though, we had the wind change. Yeah, well, like you said, we we I mean, we ended up <laughs> getting
0: that deer, which we'll get to that story later. But when we left there, we didn't know that was no. going to happen. <laughs> we had no clue. We we knew we'd try again, and we but, had a
1: full moon and warmer temperatures happening every day. Yeah. So I mean, that's what
0: I mean. It was a. You know, we we're fortunate enough to get another shot at him, but you know, they, they're wild animals, they can do what they yeah. want. So, but anyhow, so going on to the, the next day,
1: well, we could and we couldn't go back, you know, that was on a Monday afternoon, and we could not go back to that spot for um, well, we did We did try it the next afternoon because we barely had enough um east in the wind to pull it off, right? But we didn't see hardly anything, it yeah. was really, really slow, yeah.
0: It was well, I, we didn't go back in there until Thursday, so right. yeah
1: and um and then we hunted i ended up hunting another spot and got lucky you and i did and we shot a real nice wide pretty yeah. eight point yeah let's t- let's talk about that and because it was hot <clears throat> and you're thinking what do you think well i think we need to find a place that the deer bedded really really close mm-hmm. To the food source because it's seventy was it four degrees seventy eight degrees yeah
0: or it, it was hot so yeah
1: and it's I mean December these deer here got their winter clothes on winter coats we so had, speak.
0: we filmed a cottonmouth swimming across the water that same afternoon on the if, way in if there, that get, snake if out that gives y'all any any inclination <laughs> of how warm it was if the cottonmouths are out moving yeah it's not a picture perfect deer day you know and,
1: and so we just said hey let's just go sit here and, and sure enough with this buck because when you were getting close to where these bucks are getting on their feet right and, and starting to look. For those they're not chasing right. but they're making scrapes they're starting to feel they're it a getting little their bit, areas yeah. and sure enough we had a, a small like a small six point and a small eight come out and then this deer walked out and never put his head down in that takeout seed plot nope. never put his head down he just came out there to look and I shot him his head was already in the woods leaving yeah you know he walked 20 yards across the back corner he he
0: came out there on a mission That's for sure
1: if it had been a doe out there he would have ran out there and Mm -hmm. checked her out probably but no does he was gone
0: and the coolest thing like you said i always like to take the successful hunts like that and I, i say it's like we dissect them try to try to take apart and figure out what made it successful what made it to where we could get ourselves in that position so one you already talked about being close to where they bedded um and two you know the the food plot and looking for does and that sort of thing but i thought it was interesting you know we talked about it this time of year is when that deer came out me or you both were like i don't know what that deer is mm-hmm. we didn't recognize him or anything which it is another testament to it being that that time of year where those kind of deer start moving a little bit more and start looking
1: yeah because we got a lot of proof cameras out here on cottonmouth and you had a picture of of that deer in September, yeah. right? And that was only, never yeah. a picture since, wasn't We it? got
0: to, we were riding back to the and shed, and I got to look, and he had a little crab claw on the end of his right beam, I think. Um, and I said, you know what? And I went to digging, and I had pictures from when me and Jordan came out of here and put minerals out. So I'm at the uh, takeout mineral. Yep. And we had, I think we had a couple pictures of him at Chances, which is not that far from there, but.
1: But and, he went, he went MIA for a yeah, while. <laughs> we, it was, I think it was like
0: September the 9th,
1: mm-hmm. in velvet, was the last picture we had of him. But, you know, that was cool getting getting that one. And then, of course, we're steadily looking at the weather and looking at the wind. And then finally it cooled off a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then we said, let's go back to Africa. Let's give it a try. We yeah. had actually had a complete wind change, and it was north-northwest. Right. And we, we were hunting on the east-southeast, which was okay. But we figured out that we may, you know, that a, a true north wind is is our best wind for that thought. And right. we had that that day.
0: Yeah. And so they that we, we have to. Like, we got to go back
1: in there. And then – I won't forget. We climbed the at 3 o'clock, and I was just getting my stuff together. You had not even have the camera set up, and I look no. out, and here comes the same 10. I said, that's him, and he was at the back of the field, behind the field in the in the mm-hmm. grass stuff in the main Africa portion of yeah. the – and he was just going from right to left. He was running but not chasing but moving fast, not running from us. He was just – he had a mission. He was yeah. going. He was looking. You even – you looked
0: at me. You said he almost looked a little ruddy. Yeah. Because that, that little – I guess they got to You know, and, and they we're still two, three that. weeks
1: away from the rut here at that point. Right. And, and so I didn't think there would be any rut activity. So, but we we got there and sure enough, an hour later, here comes a doe and a yearling from those same block of woods that he yeah. ran in. Yeah. And we just kept waiting and waiting and waiting. And all of a sudden, here he comes there about 4.30. Yeah. The same deer came the back th- again. I'd the, have never believed the it. The
0: thing that was so funny to me is, one, having already had that encounter with that deer and camera mess up, already a little bit on edge. And then we get back in that food pot again. We see him instantly. Both, I, I know, well, I know how on edge I was. I feel like you probably a little on edge too. Like I was every little creak that blind made of like a bird flew by. I was
1: like, huh, huh, Yeah.
0: Looking every yeah, which yeah, way. Cause we we, we were, were both on point for we sure. We were teed up. But then, yeah, when you said,
1: there he is. I mean, it, whew. And he came out there, sure enough. And he came out there and started pushing that dough. Yeah. And, I, and I, you know, I didn't have much of a shot at the, at the angle. And I finally was able to stop him. And then we we got, you know, we ended up getting him in And the cool part about that is that same afternoon, you and I are sitting there uh, talking and getting our stuff gathered up, and we hear Jimmy and Jordan shoot. You know, they're like a half mile from us. So the the fun part of that, we we had our deer loaded up, so we went over there to the um, the big field they were hunting in, and, you know... high-fived my deer, and then yeah. then we talked about his deer, and we actually went over there and recovered the deer with him. So we had two deer in the back of the Polaris EV, so uh, oh. that was a fun, fun it evening was. to back up to the skinning shed there.
0: It was just one of those that turned right, and it, just to get another shot at that deer again, and then Jimmy to kill that deer out of that pot, which that one was a, we pulled the jawbone on that deer. Jimmy killed a really big seven-point. We're sitting here talking about it, but I realize that if y'all are listening to it, y'all can't see it. Jimmy killed a, a huge seven-point, and the jawbone on that deer yeah, with, he's
1: going to be seven or eight it was flat. or older yeah, yeah. and once was, they get that old even the, even the biologists you know once they get to eight or they say eight plus typically but i mean he's one of those really old guys yeah it so. was
0: it was really cool and just to, like i said after it's just it, it doesn't always turn out that way especially you know because when the camera messed up when we watched that deer walk off you're sitting there wondering are we going to get another chance at that deer you know you just don't know but it for it to turn yeah. out like that um
1: well, right now you and I are focused on a deer we call Rocker here. We yeah. hunted. We hunted this deer. We put in many, many hours last year. We only saw him in daylight one time. We hadn't seen him in daylight this year yet. But it's we're fo- We kind of we kind of honing in on him. We got we're on all sides of him now, and actually that's where we're gonna have to get going. It's one fifty-five. Yeah. We gotta- okay. Yeah. We need to go. So, like <laughs> I said, this one is gonna
0: be. Uh, I'm sorry if this podcast is a little bit all on the shorter side of things, but we're we're legitimately gonna. Cut these microphones off and put on. Go throw some camo cam on and get your head so, to the woods. Uh, thank you all for listening. Um, guys, if that asked those questions, I hope we'd answer them the best that we could. Uh, if you all listen to this and, and you all have any success from this or have any more questions, always send them in, Instagram, Facebook, whichever way is easier for you all. But uh, other than that, we're going to get down to it. So, as always, thank you for listening to the Speak the Language podcast.